1: what is up everybody welcome inside the guilty as charged podcast my name is steven i am your host today is Devin lloyd day i don't get to talk about utah as much uh i know everybody kind of hates it but today uh i get to talk a lot about utah football and specifically Devin lloyd so i am hyped to uh talk about the linebackers in this class and uh joining me to do that are my guys tyler and alex alex we'll start
2: with you man how are you doing today Uh, I'm doing good and just despite my disdain for Steven talking about Utah all the time this is the one day of the year where I will give him the executive privilege to talk about Utah to his heart's content.
1: Yeah man it's gonna be a lot of fun can't wait to do that so uh, I mean we had a we had a really nice outdoorsy day for at least two of us Alex went to the beach I I took my dad golfing here in Fresno so uh, you know it was a good day I don't know if Tyler went outdoors but uh, Tyler how you doing man?
3: Uh, Well, I did laundry. Uh, I cleaned did laundry. (laughs) I did all those things. So I hope you enjoyed the sun and everything. Uh, So I just did laundry. But can't wait to talk about linebackers. Can't wait to figure out which one Tom Telesco is going to
1: trade up for this year. Oh, gosh. Uh, As much as I like Devin Lloyd, I do not advocate for trading up for him. I think that would be a mistake, (laughs) Um, but we'll get into it. So I I think that's a good place to start and and kind of, you know, discussing how we think the Chargers can add to this specific room or if they're going to obviously we're, we're fresh off of the kaiser white situation um and so right now the room can definitely be, uh, be described as a little lacking you know with kenneth murray drew tranquil Eamon ogban and nick neiman uh so tyler if you know if you kind of had to dissect all of the breadcrumbs that we've gone how do you think the chargers could add to this room in this uh specific draft class
3: Oh, boy. It's such a puzzle, this linebacker group, because you see some pieces where it's like, okay, this four could be a good group. You have a first-round pick. You have a, a former starter, sort of current starter, Drew Tranquil, that I think they like. You have Nick Neiman, who is an, you know, a really good special teamer for them, which is exactly what you want out of a six round pick. You have Eamon Ogbang who they feel really good about. And yet, I don't want any of them to start. Like, I don't want any of these guys to start. They, they will, but I don't know if they're all going to be the caliber that we want them to but for this particular group i think they're going to stick with these four i think maybe a seventh round pick is a linebacker but i think they're going to stick with these four for better or worse if they decide to upgrade over somebody it's obviously tranquil like murray is safe people really want to have murray not start i did a poll and some people are like well you're just assuming murray is linebacker one i am and so i don't think they're going to upgrade over murray I don't know if they're going to upgrade over Tranquil. It's really just like it's a seventh round pick to me. But if they upgrade over anyone, I think it's Tranquil. And if they do, I think they'll they're not in a I don't know if they're really even in a position to upgrade over Tranquil. But if they do, they're going to look for somebody that we'll talk about, some guys that we can talk about in a bit, who just attacked the line of scrimmage, who do rush the passer. The Chargers were at their best when they had two linebackers that could really rush the passer. It's going to be Murray and Tranquil this year, but I think they can go Murray and say. Chance Campbell or something like that later on. Just guys that get after the quarterback, have a high RAS score. So I, I think that's what they could do. But to me, honestly, like completely honest, I'm hearing that the just everything you hear is that these four are the four. And I don't think they're going to carry five. I think they only did that last year because they wanted to develop some guys. And then Kaiser White was on his way out. And Murray was kind of hurt and Trinkle was not reliable. This year, I think they're going to stick with four. And I think they're just going to see these four the entire rest of the way, barring some spectacular fall.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's probably gonna be these four as well. Um the the real question mark is day three, if there's a guy they like or a guy that slips, I think they can take one. Um but as far as like best player available, I honestly think it's best player available minus linebacker when we talk about the first <laughs> round pick, just because of how mm-hmm. we've seen Brandon Staley value linebackers. I don't think he would take a first-round pick on Devin Lloyd if he doesn't think that position is is super important to his defense or Nicobe Dean or any of these guys that we're going to talk about it in the in the top you know three of our rankings. Uh, so for me, I don't feel super confident in it, and there's a lot of analytical reasons and film reasons not to be psyched about Kenneth Murray. Uh, you know, giving him another shot um, when you see such development in his rookie year and then like such an incredible, unfortunate regression in his second year. Um, you know, there's the argument that he was injured last year, but you know, even when he was healthy, it, he just was never there completely. And the Raiders came as the Raiders came, uh, in terms of what, what there is to say about Kenneth Murray from that. But, uh, I, I don't think this defense values linebackers enough to spend a first round pick on one, unlike the previous Gus Bradley defense. And so therefore I think the chargers are probably in position for a day three undrafted guy. And so for that, uh, I'll say that, that's probably where the Chargers find a linebacker if there is one to add to this room.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think everything that we're hearing right now is is that Kenneth Murray is going to be the weak side linebacker, and that's you know kind of a kind of a surprise to some. You know, he was drafted to play the middle of uh, Gus Bradley's defense, and you know it was he was going to be their version of Fred Warner, Fred Warner, and Bobby Wagner, and all that stuff. He was going to be kind of that that ball of clay that you can mold into that kind of player. And I was always really interested, right? Whenever I saw him and Kaiser white on the field at the same time, Kaiser was on the strong side. Kenneth Murray was on the weak side. And so I think Brandon Staley is trying to make things a little easier for him. He doesn't have to sift through as much traffic and and motions and things like that as whoever plays uh, the the mic, whoever plays on the strong side does. So, I think that's kind of where we're at with Kenneth Murray. I would expect him to be the starter like Tyler and Alex have kind of said. I don't think the chargers would value somebody like a Devin Lloyd or Kobe Dean in the first round where they would draft him to replace Kenneth Murray. So Murray's going to get his shot. You know, this is kind of the third year, which we've generally seen as kind of like the last chance for most of these, for most NFL players, most kind of raw projects. So, uh, it's a really important season for him. And you know, when I interviewed Daniel Popper a few weeks ago, he mentioned that there's still a lot of love in the building for Kenneth Murray. You know, there's mm-hmm. obviously the ankle injuries that he had to to both ankles last year it is kind of presumed to have hindered him. You know, his adopted brother passed away during the season. So that potentially could have affected him. So there's a lot of context there that I think does need to be thrown around. But then again, you see him when he does get healthy for the Raiders game playing over Kaiser white injured tranquil and it's just kind of a mess. So this is a really important season for Kenneth Murray, but I expect, I do expect him to get that chance to, to kind of prove his worth this year.
3: Yeah. And to a certain extent, like he does deserve to get that other chance just because of what you talked about. There's so many things this year that hopefully do not happen again. You know, that that happened last year, obviously close death in the family. Can't imagine that happening. Can't imagine going to work and then being criticized and fighting for my job. Well, you know, my sister passes or whatever. I can't imagine yeah. that. You know, I can't imagine being told, okay, you're a linebacker. Okay, well, now you're the will linebacker. Now you're an edge rusher. Well, now you're going back to linebacker. It's like, whoa, what are we doing here? Oh, then I'm injured as well. It's just, it was such a tough, tough year for him. I, again, everything on tape was not great. There wasn't anything there. But it's like, okay, that's, that's what you're building on for the future there. But yeah, a lot was bad last year. I assume it just won't happen again this year. Obviously, hopefully nothing tragic happens. Hopefully they just keep like start of the year. You are our weak side linebacker. That is your role for 17 games for better or worse. And I think that'll just do so much for him. They really did a disservice to him last year
2: yeah and I, I feel like they had a need to like try him at edge and try him in all these other spots just because you know how the uh, dominoes fell around him in addition to his own injuries in addition to you know some of his own skills kind of in the middle declining i think they just felt the need to like put him everywhere and that obviously put him at a disadvantage uh compared to say other linebackers in the league and how you can evaluate their tape so for me um i, I do hope he bounces back. Uh, I just I feel I'm getting the feeling more and more that he kind of fits out of the Brandon's daily defense in the long term. But I, I do hope he bounces back and, you know, shuts us all up for, for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly right. And, you know, we're all rooting for him. We were all really excited about the player and the person that the Chargers drafted. And, you know, there's so many good things that he has done in the community to this day that I think kind of lends itself to at least being a high character player that just needs to figure some things out on the field. And obviously we are hoping for that. It would be fantastic if he does, right? Because then you don't have to wonder about linebacker and kind of where the future is for the next two or three years. You know, if he can prove worthy of that fifth-year option down the road and, and maybe get a, a nice little extension, I think that's a great scenario for him as well. And so James uh, C. pointed it out, and I assume that's Tyler who responded. They are high on Eamon ogbong We've heard from several different sources that they do really like him, and they think that he can be a productive starter. And Daniel Popper has said the same thing and came on our show and said the same thing. So there's a lot of smoke about Eamon Ogboglamiga potentially being a starter. I don't necessarily think, necessarily think that they will hand him the position by any means. But you know it is interesting because Drew Tranquil didn't really play a whole lot of strong side linebacker either. And that's kind of why Amen was able to play when Kaiser White was mm-hmm. missing in action or, or you know, uh, getting reps in the in the scrimmage. So they're high on Amen, man. And, and I, I said this on Twitter uh, last week, if he were the starter, I would not be surprised at all if that were kind of what you know came to be uh, out of training camp this year.
2: I'm hesitant to buy that they're high on Amen Ogbong because sure. we also heard a lot of guys out of training camp and before training camp last year where it was also like, hey, you know, this guy is going to really light it up, Tyron Johnson, and then he gets cut. Uh, so th- there's stuff like that where I am hesitant to see it until we see it in the preseason, until we see it kind of in action in terms of what their viewpoint on him is. Um, obviously, last year, what they did with the starters is not play any of them in the preseason. So if they did that with someone like Eamon Ogbong Amiga, for example, that would be kind of an indication that they do really view him as a starter. Um, but yeah, I'm hesitant to buy it, and I also just don't think that Amen Being high on Eamon Ogbong Amiga prevents you from taking uh, a day three sure. guy as well, uh, especially if you are kind of going to move on from potentially tranquil later. Um, yeah, and I mean, I just... I feel really hesitant to buy it, and it's a limited sample size. But I'm pretty sure he was like the worst graded linebacker on the team via PFF. Granted, didn't get that many snaps, and a lot of them came in like that Ravens game where you know, obviously the whole defense was just a mess that day for the Chargers. Um, but yeah, I'm hesitant to buy him as a potential linebacker one candidate.
1: No, definitely. and And I think from watching the film and looking at the you know, data. That is how I feel. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like, you know, what we're hearing is that they are high on him. So I totally get what Alex is saying. And I think that is the consensus around here. Like, Eamon mm-hmm. has a lot of things to improve. Like, watching him in coverage against the Ravens and against the Giants. And was there was another game that he started, right? Houston? Or was it the Vikings? Because uh... he started against the Ravens. And I know he started one other one and then played, like, extensively in the third. And it wasn't the Houston one. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was. Well, Boston that's the one where
3: Burke had duked him out in the box. Okay,
1: so then it was yeah. So there are things that he needs to work on, right? You know, he he, he sacked Kirk Cousins. That's right. So he must have started. I'll look it up later, man. That's gonna bug me, but <laughs> I know he saw legitimate action in three games. Okay, this is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, but his covers, his coverage ability is is severely lacking. I think mentally, he just doesn't have the processing thing down yet and that's understandable he's an undrafted free agent but I think there are some intriguing traits there for sure I I will say kind of transitioning into our rankings here I think if they are going to add somebody in the draft that's they need another strong side linebacker because I Mm -hmm. think Tranquil and Neiman are kind of you know weak side linebackers coverage kind of players former safeties that they really like but they're kind of tied down into that position so Murray can do both I think And Eamon is is most likely a strong side linebacker, but I do think they need another strong side linebacker. So something to keep an eye on uh, as we kind of go through this list. So
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: our top 10 rankings of the linebacker position heading into the 2022 draft. Um, I think I started the running backs off last time, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, let's start with Tyler. Okay. Tyler, let's do your uh, 10 through seven first. And then we'll okay. And then
0: uh,
3: okay. My 10 through seven. So number 10, I have chance Campbell from Ole miss at number nine. I have, Sorry. Again, as always, I apologize for name mispronunciation. Number nine, Darian Beavers from Cincinnati. Number eight, Christian Harris from Alabama. At number seven, Quay Walker from Georgia. I think Chance Campbell, there's a lot of guys. So I had 15 linebackers graded, and there are some who I just like don't like that much. But Chance Campbell is kind of, if you watch DeMarco Jackson, they did have sort of similar roles. And I think Chargers fans, if they watch Chance Campbell, they're going to go, wow, what a playmaker. What a really, really good player. And you know, get him on the team. Look at the numbers. Look at the RAS score and all that. And that's all definitely there for sure. But I think he should be kind of viewed as like a maybe more upside. I don't know if his RA score is better than Nick Neiman, but kind of like a Nick Neiman. There are some guys later in the list who attack the line of scrimmage, blitz a quarterback, trigger downhill and all that, because that's their processing. And that's what you know they're doing as a linebacker and processing what they're seeing in front of them as a part of the defense. Some guys like DeMarco Jackson or Chance Campbell, they're more just go blitz, go attack, do whatever. And I think that's great. Like I, it just, it kind of takes away from their ability to process. So mm-hmm. when it's, you know, they're facing Michigan, they had that gap scheme run attack or whatever, and they have to kind of process what's going on. They struggle a little bit. So Chance Campbell is kind of like that, but he's in my top 10 because again, huge, huge upside You know, he's got that, that attack the defense sort of mentality, but also roll a lot of flash on tape. Um, he's a guy who can get past the interior offensive lineman with a lot of speed. He can contribute on the edge as well. He's got a little bit of bend there as well. Um, I think he works well versus like the tight ends and running backs, like a pulling tight end or an H back or whatever, rushing the passer against running backs. I think he's good there. Um, he just is going to, he's a little bit undersized. He's not like the best tackler in the open field. He's going to struggle with the interior offensive lineman, like head on the tackles, but there's definitely some upside there. So if the chargers want to take a guy, It could be DeMarco Jackson from from App State, or they could just... if They want somebody who can just attack, right? They just want a high RAS score, upside guy who is going to blitz like crazy. You can move him kind of all parts of the defense. I think Campbell's a guy that they could definitely gamble on on day three. So, you know, of the guys in my top 10 or the end of my top 10 or behind Chance Campbell, I think Campbell has the most upside because of his RAS score, because of his composite ranking and, and all that stuff he showed on tape.
1: So did you uh, put DeMarco Jackson in your top 10, too? Or no, this...
3: he's 11th, so he's actually okay. right ahead of DeMarco.
1: So that was kind of the debate for you, DeMarco mm-hmm. Jackson and, and Chance Campbell?
3: Pretty much, yeah. It, it kind of came down to Campbell being more a little bit better against, again, the tight ends, the running backs, and just a little bit more processing, a little bit more edge rusher um, stuff that he can do. So uh, pretty close, pretty close to see if the grade was... grade was almost the same. I just thought Campbell could do a little bit more.
1: OK, yeah, I didn't get to watch Chance Campbell, but uh, I will definitely add him to the list. So uh, really quickly sh- before Alex goes, uh, obviously, shout out to Tyler's mom uh, for What's the up? Super Chat, as well as uh, Ross Ackerman, longtime listener in the show. So shout out to uh, them for the Super Chats. Alex, any thoughts on uh, Tyler's list? And then you can go through uh, your 10 through seven.
2: Sadly, I did not get a chance to watch Chance Campbell yet, so unfortunately that makes two of us, but I will circle back to that one as we get closer to the draft. Uh, I I do maybe have one of Tyler's guys that we talked about in my top 10 uh, from 10 to 7 here. We did talk a little bit about Jesse Lucchetta, uh, I think, previously, and I have him at number 10. I have Jojo Doman at number 9. I have Brian Asamoah at number 8, and then I have LSU's Damone clark at number seven and okay. so damon clark was kind of the really interesting one for me because of how i went about his evaluation uh i didn't know any of the spinal fusion stuff until today yeah. um and so if you watch the tape and you watch the games beforehand yeah. you're like wow this is a really great player he can play off ball he's an you know intense run defender whenever he plays uh you know, one of the better ones in the sec. And I think really has a lot of kind of comps to someone like Jabril Cox his his former teammate from last year. And he's just, you know, he makes a lot of sense uh, in, in terms of how he can just like push, you know, uh, players back on the offensive end. I think he's mm-hmm. solid in pass coverage as well. Um, but unfortunately at 21 years old, he does have a herniated disc and requires yeah. spinal fusion surgery, or I, I'm not sure yeah. if he got it or if he had it yet, um, but he's a guy that would be higher for me and maybe in my top four guys if this mm-hmm. wasn't the case. But unfortunately, you're probably looking at him as only a late day three pick now because of all yep. of that. Uh, he does have a real herniated disc, unlike Ben Simmons. Uh, so uh, that's just one of those things where you look at him and it's just really unfortunate because I don't think that he really has a long NFL career. And if you're already having degenerated disc in your back at 21, um, I don't think that you can have any team that's going to take him before late on day three, but there's probably going to be a team that takes a risk on him and what he can do. Uh, But for all those reasons, not the greatest in pass coverage, I do have him at seven, but there's teams that I think could make it work. And you also have, you know maybe a situation like miami for example where you can just kind of let him sit for a year let him learn from some guys and then see what he is in 2023 um but a bit mm-hmm. too much of a risk for the chargers or really a lot of teams to take early on
1: yeah i mean i think the chargers do have a linebacker room where they could take a chance on him yeah. i mean he's he's going to be redshirting, right like he he is going to miss the whole season or at least most of it according to you know the reports that i saw and that's a big bummer, man, because I really like the film. I really like mm-hmm. the player and the, the stories that I was able to read about him. Um, and then, of course, you hear this kind of injury. So he, I don't have him in my top 10 purely because of medical concerns. If there were no medical concerns, then he would be in my top 10, probably in that, that seven, eight range as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, his his film was really good. It's just the, the injury there is, is awful.
3: Yeah, he would have made, I think, like, like seven or eight, just like you guys said. I think we're all kind of on the same page there. Yeah, outside of my top ten, but you know, it's tough because you hear that you know spinal fusion, and I'm I'm sure that's awful and that's terrible. But it's almost like, well, it's not a knee injury, or it's like it's not a you know degenerative knee thing. So you think like, okay, maybe like you can get something here. So I mean, if the Chargers take him with one of those extra seventh round picks, I'd be all for it. There's just so much there to like, and and why not? So you think if they if they took him, you can just put him on IR and just kind of stash him the whole year. Is that kind of how that would work?
2: Yeah. Um, Also, correction: uh, a herniated disc is literally a degenerating injury. Well, that's why you're going to med school.
1: (laughs) 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 That's that's why Alex is on the show right here. You know, that's 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 the (laughs) no man. The the film is good. There, I I do like him as well. So, um, I'll get through my ten through seven. At number ten, I have Christian Harris from Alabama. At number nine, I have Darian Beavers from Cincinnati. At eight, I have DeMarco Jackson from App State. And then seven, I have Troy Anderson from Montana State. So the the two small school uh, linebackers back-to-back. I don't know how high you guys have Troy Anderson, if at all. I didn't watch him. Didn't get a chance to. Alex? Uh, He is coming later on the list. Okay, he's coming later on the list. So I'll let Alex talk about Troy Anderson then because he seems to like him more than me so um i don't particularly love Chris, darian beavers or christian harris so i'm not really going to talk <laughs> about them i think there's you know darian beavers to me was one of the the most drastic cases mm-hmm. of the film not matching the combine and res scores because i think he has like a 9.6 RAS score and tested like a freak and then you watch his tape and it's just it does not match man like he he's moving out there at a really slow pace so uh, not a huge fan of those two players. Christian Harris, I think, has all the tools, but just mentally and effort-wise, it's just not a whole lot of consistency there, which was kind of a big issue for me. So I will talk about DeMarco Jackson, somebody that I think could make some sense for the Chargers. You know, he he does kind of fill a lot of different roles for the uh, for App State. And I think for me, just mentally, he's one of the more advanced prospects in this class you know uh jim nagy the senior, the director of the senior bowl posted that clip the other day of him you know instantly recognizing bootleg and, and just going right to kind of that deep mm-hmm. corner route um and you know he's just really smart like that so i think he he's not as of a high ceiling as some of these other players but i do really like the physicality that he plays with i like the way that he is able to recognize things and sift through traffic so, again, you know, he is somebody that I think could make some sense for the Chargers if they do want to add, you know, a fifth or a sixth round pick, maybe a little bit earlier for him. But um, there seems to be a good amount of love around him. But uh, DeMarco Jackson is somebody that I'm relatively high on uh, at number eight for me.
3: Yeah, no, he's awesome. I think of him and Campbell, I think when it came to a quarterback scrambling, as soon as it's time for him to go get that quarterback to bail out of coverage or whatever he needs to do right to him so fast elite speed tester a really good guy for sure um is christian harris in your top 10 alex
2: uh no he he came to me around 11 or 12 so yeah he's kind of just on the outside looking in
3: yeah i just wanted to sort of have a discussion about that because i think he was someone i watched the the two linebackers early on so i watched dean and Harris really, really early on just to kind of get a feel. Sorry. I didn't watch Lloyd first, but the all 22 was 45 <laughs> minutes per game. So I'm like, nah. no, it was, it was rough. Yeah.
1: No, no, no I, I gotcha. Yeah. But
3: like, I don't want to say he's the same thing as Beavers, where it's a guy who didn't, his RAS score didn't show up. Cause it did. Like, I think his speed, yeah. the athletic traits, those definitely showed up, but then like, he's not a good tackler. I think there are times where he's just kind of slow on the field blocked out of plays a bit of a ghost in the run game doesn't offer you a lot as a pass rusher this is a guy who's considered like the third best linebacker in this class sometimes second but typically like that maybe two to four or five range and i just didn't see it i mean some of the numbers like the numbers do look good it was a surprise like i think he tested well or in terms of our rankings he was pretty good statistically against the run but i'm watching him just getting shoved out of the way, not really involved in some plays, you know. Maybe it's just the games that I watched, but I didn't come away at all, and neither of us, none of us, did. I didn't come away thinking this guy was a top five linebacker at all. Yeah, uh,
2: I I think his evaluation is really interesting, and he's he's kind of one of those players for me where if he was wear- if he wasn't wearing an Alabama jersey, I don't know if we'd be talking about him as a top ten linebacker in some of these mm-hmm. instances. Um I, I just think you compare him to what you see in the Georgia guys um and you mm, know even yeah. though there's questions about Nickobe Dean's physical profile for example like he just does so many things to the point where you can't leave him out of the top 3 in my opinion uh and so you know in addition to like how good he is as a tackler and all these other things um I would say the same thing about someone like Quay Walker or Devin Lloyd but for him I just Yeah, he he didn't really pass the eye test for me, and I didn't think that his athletic profile, like Steven indicated, is nearly as explosive as the RAS score indicates. And there's a couple other of those in the top six for me here when we get there. But yeah,
1: now Christian Harris, I think like there are flashes, like you see the range and you see the speed. For me, it was just it was just like an effort thing. Like I think so much of the linebacker position is just being that guy who's always flying to the ball and always sticking his nose into scrums and just being that physical, you know, imitator kind of presence. And I didn't really see much of that at all with, you know, him with with him. And there are times, you know, like even Darian Beavers, like, you know, he's trying and doing his best to chase down someone from the backside Mm -hmm. or or running from sideline to sideline. And Christian Harris, just like the effort, it was just not there on a consistent basis for me. And so I, I think there are flashes of that, you know, high end totally um, mm-hmm. athleticism. It's just the, the effort and the mental recognition is not really there. And so I, I think there's there's a difference, right? Like, obviously, not all of these players are going to have all that mental recognition. You know, some of these guys have played linebacker for like two seasons. You know, like Troy Anderson, was a former high school quarterback, former college running back, like, of course, he's not going to be mentally advanced and, and you can live with some of that. You know, if there are those physical flashes, but when you add lack of mental recognition and effort concerns together, that just I, I'm I'm kind of out on that player. And if I had watched you know, like a Chance Campbell, or if I had watched uh, and graded, you know, a Quay Walker, then Christian Harris probably doesn't make my top ten. Like I, I think, you know, once I get to Chance Campbell and these other guys, then he's he's probably going to get pushed down.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he was eighth for me. I think there is you just like you want to hold on to a sort of what the public consensus is and be like there are things there to hold on to. But, yeah, I, I could watch a couple more guys and, and it's very possible he could fall out of my top 10. I'm I'm not saying I'm happy you guys disliked him, but I That's watched him. were on the I, same page. Yeah, I watched him early. I'm thinking, no way. It's kind of the same feeling I had with DeMarvin Leal, where it's like, wait, how high is he ranked on TDN's board? Like, are you sure? And you know, but finally we got kind of. I mean, I know Alex ended up liking him, but Leal's kind of fallen. He was 17th on their board at one point. You know, Harris being LB2. So I'm sort of glad we're at least all on the same page because
1: we're all watching the same film. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So a couple questions from uh, that I'm seeing about some safeties that could convert to linebacker or or vice versa. Um. Mm -hmm. Tyler mentioned Jojo Doman in the chat. He did play a lot of like slot nickel for him. He's actually listed (laughs) as a cornerback on Pro Football Focuses Simulator. Um, So he did play a lot of, you know, overhang nickel is kind of how they describe it. Um, Jalen Petre is not really a linebacker. I think he's more of a safety to me. And then um, really the interesting one that we didn't really talk about that Alex has is Jesse Mm Lucetta because some people have him as an edge. Other people have as a linebacker. is somebody that I'm, I'm interested in, but I, I don't really know if he's versatile or just like doesn't have a position. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, um, and, and that, that that I think if you want to talk about converting people to edge, that kind of leads into uh, Leo Chenal a little a little bit. Uh, if you're just talking about like at the next level, what? Uh, he can do as a player um I, i think that linebacker especially in staley's defense like is just kind of a bunch of guys that do things right like it's not like this guy has to do this specific thing or uh you know this guy's the run defender this guy's pass coverage i i think it's just kind of like a mishmash of skill sets especially in a more modern defense uh so for me i think that you can kind of do a lot of things with with these guys they're some of them are pretty versatile but uh, I, I wouldn't say that. Like, I, I wouldn't take Jesse Lucetta because of his position, or I wouldn't take Leo Chenal just because I think he probably won't do well in pass coverage at the next level. Um, I think that you can kind of mishmash and, and make things work.
3: What did Luketa? Lu- 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 Luketa? How do you say it?
2: I think it's Lucetta.
3: I think okay, it's so what. What did Luketa do? Where they would consider him an edge rusher? Was he just stand as an outside linebacker rushing,
1: or like? Yeah, that's what, what he, he. That's what he did this past mm-hmm. year. Previously mm-hmm. to this year, he was an off ball linebacker, though. So I okay. think he did, I think in the senior role, he did both, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I didn't watch him. I didn't watch him as the edge. I didn't watch him as the linebacker, but the charges have met with him. So I'll have to.
1: Yeah. All right, Tyler, let's get uh, six through four.
3: Okay. Six through four. Number six, I have Brandon Smith from Penn State. Number five, Channing Tyndall from Georgia. And number four, Chad Muma from Wyoming. Brandon Smith is a guy that I definitely want to talk about who he has a not like his grades fine. Like I have a third round grade on him, but to me, it's all about the upside. This is a guy who's 20 years old. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to turn 21 this month. If I'm not mistaken, he was a weak side linebacker last year. They moved him to more of that middle linebacker Mike role this year. I don't know why I couldn't tell you why, but this is a guy you definitely want to bet on and someone's going to find this guy and work with him. And maybe just put him back at weak side linebacker rather than as your mic backer. And this guy's going to do really, really well. This is one of those Penn State freaks. They have the defenders at Penn State or yeah. just Penn State in general. They have those freaks. This guy Rari has scored 9.97. This dude in space, like as a mic and middle processing linebacker, not as much. But when you get him in space, he's got the range. He's got the physicality. He's attacking, you know, wide zone rushing schemes. He's attacking screens. He tested elite. You know, I really, really like him on all that stuff on the perimeter. You know, you can do outside zone. You can do toss, whatever. He's a total monster. There are several instances of him, you know, just not as much like a stack shed guy, but a real pop and shed guy or maneuvering past, you know, some of those blockers that I think in terms of the flash of him being able to knock guys over or get past guys with that pop, he might flash more than anybody else. He maybe isn't the most consistent, but he's got some really good flashes. There was a like a, a pulling tight end Against Michigan or whatever, and he just knocks him onto his ass. Like there are plenty of instances where he is destroying blockers. So, so pair that with him being athletic enough to carry tight ends, you know, down the seam one v one, he could do that. I, I wouldn't really consider him like that his strong suit by any means, uh, but he's definitely a force for the screen, those checkdowns. I really like him. Again, he's young. He's an athletic freak. He's he was new to his specific role this year. I think you put him back where he's a little bit more comfortable. And maybe he doesn't have to, you know, just just see ball, get ball sort of thing. Not as much that processing. Um, And I think he's going to be really, really good. So, or you you keep him in that role and you just coach him up. So that processing kind of catches up to his athletic traits. And he's no longer hesitant where he's going to engage rather than catch the blocker. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Like, I'm not saying he has the highest ceiling, but he has a real heck of a big ceiling. And I I think if if you're going to bet on anyone in, let's say, round three. Maybe not necessarily for the Chargers, but I think Brandon Smith could definitely be a guy you should bet on.
1: Yeah, I have him at six as well. And a mm-hmm. lot of the same notes. I think, you know, if you're kind of, you know, looping these players into similar categories or similar tiers, him and Channing Tyndall are very similar to me. I think those mm-hmm. two really are like the best athletes that translates to the field. Those two players have insane range and speed and the ability to close gaps, unlike anybody else in the class. So obviously, Tyndall more experienced, has a little bit a better understanding of the mental aspect of the position. Brandon Smith really is very inexperienced in that position. I mean, I, I know he was a starter last year, and they played like four games last year because of COVID. So, you know, he doesn't have all these reps that Channing Tindall has uh, under his belt. And, and um, Brandon Smith does have a high missed tackle rate, which is kind of a concern. But that's that's a technique issue to me because he does get have the tendency to go a little too high at times. Mm -hmm. And that's something that several of these players have, of course. So it's not like, you know, Christian Harris, for example, who just like won't do it. doesn't have the kind of Mm -hmm. mentality to do it. Brandon Smith just needs to, you know, tweak his technique a little bit. So uh, we're on the same page. I think his athletic traits, you know, really consistently pop on tape. He just Mm -hmm. needs more reps under his belt. He needs a, a higher understanding. And I do think he has a really high ceiling as well. So I also have him at six. Alex, you're on mute.
2: All right. I we are all there in agreement, are. is what I was saying. Uh we <laughs> I have him in the six to four range too. I have been number five. And okay. His evaluation kind of reminds me just a little bit about uh, Jason Owe last year where it's kind of like the production versus the traits question because I think he only had like 60 tackles so he's not one of these like Devin Lloyds where he has like 200 tackles and all, <laughs> all these interceptions and pass breakups yeah. and whatever you know so he's not going to be a guy that gives you that but it is more than the, the zero sacks that you guys harped on with Owe last year uh, mm-hmm. and so for me I do think there's just that skill set and those traits that are there to bet on. Um, from my six to four, I do have Leo Chenal at number six, at uh, number five by Brandon Smith, like I just mentioned, and at number four, I have Troy Anderson. Uh, I will talk a little bit about Troy Anderson, but I also yeah. do want to mention Leo Chennault. Uh, Troy Anderson oh. just plays like a souped-up version of uh, Drew Tranquil, like a little bit. Um, I just see him kind of as a guy that's going to be different than just like okay he's a special teamer guy or he's like a day three kind of guy like obviously he's gonna go very high because of the RAS score but he's one of those guys and we talked about guys that play like their RAS scoring guys that don't where he plays like his RAS score like he's running around there head on fire every play whether whether he's getting in the backfield for a stop or just trying to get like a sack on a quarterback um I, I think Troy Anderson uh is just one of the more complete guys in this class. I don't think he's as high as a ceiling to the point where I could put him in the top three along with the, you know, N'Kopi Deans and the Devin Lloyds. Um, but I think he deserves his due as one of the smaller school guys and is one of the more impressive smaller school guys we've seen. Um, number six, I have Leo Chenal. I'm gonna guess Tyler has him higher. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Okay. I Yeah, you do too. Uh, so for me, like... If you just look at him and like just, you know, from his run defense snaps, uh, from everything he can do on the field, like it's great. You know, he, he recognizes things, uh, I think, in, in terms of just like getting to the line of scrimmage really often, obviously tested like a freak at the combine. Um, but he's one of those guys where it's like it, it didn't quite match up for me uh, in terms of the tape with his athleticism and that. And then there is the ultimate pass coverage problem. Uh, that is like (laughs) the elephant in the room on his tape, uh, Minnesota, there's just a play where he just completely misses the wheel route and, you know, allows the running back like into the end zone almost all by himself. Uh, so that took him, uh, down for me. If you tell me at the NFL level, we're just converting him to edge and (laughs) I should be kicked out of the country for Janal at six. You can't kick me out of the country because I'm uh, out of the country. But anyway, uh, I will say that, uh, he's one of those guys where i don't want to say it's like a i don't think he's as talented as micah parsons but you could probably like put him at edge and like have some success there but if we're just purely grading these guys as linebackers i think his weaknesses in coverage are really strong to the point where i could not put him higher than this you know second tier that we have in our three tiers
3: yeah i I think i think even stephen would agree if we're knocking him for anything it's coverage So I understand he's not one of my top two for a reason. So I, I understand that I'll, I'll get more into him later on.
1: Yeah. And I, I think to me, like the concern is what kind of weight is he playing at? Cause he, he played at 260 according to Wisconsin. And, you know, he did a lot of pass rushing thing. He did a lot of blitzing, lots of, you know, a gap stunts and things like that. And that worked for him and he's very productive. He's very physical. Um, So I do have him at four So i'm a little higher than alex and i and i do like him a little bit more but i I totally understand the concerns about pass coverage i was really surprised honestly to look at his film and then look at his res score and and see like a freak athlete so not quite to the point of darian beavers but it was definitely a little bit surprised that being said i think the physicality and and kind of the different things you can do with him do you know kind of lend itself towards being an explosive player so um at number six, I mentioned Brandon Smith. I'm sure I'm going to catch a lot of heat for this. At number five, I have N'Kobe Dean, and then number four, I have Leo Chenal. So, uh, I guess I'll talk about Nicobe Dean because he's somebody that I really, really wanted to like. His instincts are off the charts. Him and Devin Lloyd, I think, are the most advanced mental, advanced linebackers from a mental standpoint in this class. But there's no way that there's no way that Nicobe Dean is five eleven that he's listed at. I just he looks like he is so small out there. And granted, he's playing behind Jordan Davis and, and Devontae Wyatt and all these guys. But yeah, I'm just really worried about the physical profile lending itself towards a consistent three down linebacker. So, you know, there's a lot of things to like from an effort standpoint, from a covering running back standpoint, from a instinct standpoint but I think he really struggles at the point of attack from a physicality aspect of the position. He's not going to have the kind of frame and length to effectively cover tight ends on, on occasion. So you're really putting him into a box of only covering running backs and doing zone coverage because he can't cover tight ends at all, in my opinion. And I, I just don't buy the frame holding up. So to me, there are a lot of concerns about Nakobe Dean. I really, really wish that I could take mm-hmm. his brain and put it onto a guy like a Brandon Smith or put it onto a guy like his teammate Channing Tindall. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the physicality concerns are enough for me to not necessarily kick him like all the way out of my top 10 or anything like that. Like I still have him in my top five, but they are relevant to me.
3: Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. I think he's, 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 number two for me. I think if Chanel had been more consistent in coverage or was more of a coverage presence, I think yeah, Chanel would have jumped him. I think if Muma was a bit better of a interior at the line of scrimmage linebacker, I think he could have jumped Dean. I think just Dean because he affects the pass both as a rusher and in coverage enough, and I think he's good enough at the point of attack, uh, or at least as a as a downhill linebacker. I think he was just did enough to have uh, himself over those other two guys. But I, I, I definitely understand the concerns
1: all right uh so tyler let's get to your top three here
3: okay number three i do have leopold chanel from wisconsin number two nicobe dean and number one i do have Devin lloyd from utah steven i did slap the latest possible first round grade on him if that makes you feel yes there we go Um, (laughs) chanel man like so, I talk about like Chance Campbell and the way he attacks the line of scrimmage. You can almost, if you just watch Campbell and, and Chanel, you can be, and I guess even Jackson, you think, okay, like these guys all attack the line of scrimmage. I think Chanel does a better job processing it um, to me. So, I was watching the Bootleg Football podcast. Brett Coleman's way of describing Leo Chennault. I didn't watch the player he compared him to, but he said that uh, Brett Coleman said that he's Logan Wilson. If Logan Wilson, from the time he was born, ate nothing but Wheaties and HGH. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that applies to to Logan Wilson and all That's that. I, I didn't watch him, um, but this dude, like, it's the most important thing, other than coverage, which is very important. But when you're playing linebacker, you're in the box. The most important thing, and even Luke Kuechly has said this. It's funny because this RAS comp is Luke Keekley You have to be able to affect the the plays at the line of scrimmage or mm-hmm. behind the line of scrimmage, those tackles for loss, right? And this guy, you know, 81% of his run defense tackles are run stops. So that's within three yards of the line of scrimmage. His average depth of tackle is the number one you know, average depth of tackle among all of these guys. This guy is affecting plays at the line of scrimmage. Some guys, you watch them, and that's you know, why some linebackers aren't here where he is. They're waiting for the running back to get to them, right? It's, that's something you have to develop as you get better as a linebacker. And he, and he just does that. He's able to get downhill, go get these guys. Second and run stops, first and run stop rate, not to mention fourth and pass rush productivity, third and pass rush win rate. Like this guy can do a lot at the line of scrimmage. And you, do you want him to be blitzing and attacking and rushing off the edge all the time? Maybe not, but they just couldn't stop asking him to do it. This guy has, what, 10 yeah. sacks on the year? You know, he was chasing down the Purdue quarterback, four sacks in that game. Like they, they this dude just affects the line of scrimmage he affects the game he's able to get those big plays for you by the way he scored a 9.99 RAS score like it's just there's so much here to like about him number two RAS score in this class he's the number two on the composite rankings like there's so much to like except for coverage like you can definitely tell that (laughs) he's just not going to be your twitchy you know he's not nakobi dean he's not chad muma he's not a lot of these guys when it comes to coverage but I, i do think he did enough like working in zones against the tight ends or maybe a running back, whatever. I think there's enough there where you can keep him on the field and worst case scenario. If he has to be there on third down, go rush the quarterback. Like what, Maybe yeah. you don't have to drop him to coverage over and over again. Don't, don't take Chanel. And then on third down go, let's just run him down with a wide receiver. So pray to God that the, 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 uh, the Colts don't take him because Bradley will <laughs> certainly have him do that, but go attack the line of scrimmage, go attack the quarterback. And so he, he's a lot of fun to watch um you know some linebackers just wait for the ball to get to them he's going to go get it he's huge uh there's a lot to like about him so he's my number three
1: yeah you know Chanales was a ton of fun to watch from an instinct standpoint from a decisiveness standpoint it, it just runs around with his head on fire and there's a little bit of zach bond to him you know a little bit more physical than zach bond was i mean bond was a little bit more leaning edge rusher as opposed to leaning linebacker like chanel is so um chanel man like he he's really fun and, and I, I love that you brought up luke keekley because you know in that same i i think that the interview where he sat was with daniel jeremiah and bucky brooks and other things that he was talking about outside of being able to affect the line of scrimmage is like as a linebacker in today's league like you've either got to be able to affect the run game at a high level. You've got to affect the pass game as a pass rusher or a blitzer at a high level, or, you know, be a, a true coverage linebacker. And I think you need mm-hmm. to do at least two of those things yeah, at a high level and in, or in order to be a consistent player on the field in terms of getting snaps. And so if I take Chanel and I know that I'm at least getting a dominant run defender, like that still has value, right? Like I think totally. you know, we're, we're kind of, we have kind of seen that with Denzel Perryman and, Of course, Denzel Perryman has his issues in coverage and things like that. But, you know, if he had been able to stay healthy, like he would still be on this team because he is such a good run defender. And I think Chanel at minimum will be that in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I I think that's fair to say, I. I just don't see him as like a Luke Kuechly. I, I think I think he's somewhere in terms of the grit and grind scale. He's somewhere between uh, Leighton Vander Esch and Luke Keekly. Uh Maybe somewhere in the middle there. Uh, I just don't see him having the high upside that someone like Luke mm-hmm. Kuechly had. Um, but going into my top three, uh, I think Tyler wisely steered out of the uh, Devin Lloyd conversation because we're going to let Steven go on for 40 minutes and <laughs> filibuster about that. So I, I will do the same. Uh, I do have at number three, Nicobi Dean. At number two, I have Quay Walker. And at number one, I have Devin Lloyd. Uh, so I'll talk about Quay Walker, but I think he's the best NFL, you know, like uh, linebacker uh, prospect at Georgia. You could sort of make like a distinction between him and Nicobi Dean, but I just think he's kind of more pro ready at this point and projects better as a pro obviously the size concerns are there uh in a way with dean where they're not there with walker 9.66 ras score and just tackles like a freak too i think he's one of three or four linebackers who had you know one of the highest 40 times uh along with uh chanel troy anderson and some of those guys and had in conjunction with that a really low missed tackle rate Uh, And so he's a really great tackler in that regard as well. And it's just the way he sheds blocks on film. Uh, There's a play uh, against Michigan in the college football playoff where (laughs) he sheds a block and then just lays one of the nastiest hits I've ever seen on poor J.J. McCarthy, uh, who was just put in that position uh, to accept the violence from Quay Walker. But he's just one of those guys when he is downhill, when he's either hitting the quarterback or the running back. Um, I, I love just seeing him work like that. I do think the one knock on him will just kind of be how he reads plays. Sometimes there's times where I think he can get a a little more easily faked out, uh, than some of those guys, but that's a trait that I think can kind of be coached up at the NFL level. Uh, if we're just talking about linebackers, but for me, um, I think that his physical traits, how he projects at the next level, um, it just put him in that tier for me where i would put him in in round one um i, I think channing tindall is another one of those guys actually that was in that conversation mm-hmm. of uh you know low miss tackle rate also really high yeah. ras score um but for me Quay walkers is, is a tier above those guys given how he plays given how easily he kind of sheds blocks uh and and sort of can make tackles at a really effective rate uh, I think that he, you know, is the better NFL prospect than someone like Nicobe Dean is, even though he's probably not going to go as high as N'Kobe Dean. Uh, and that will end my uh, linebacker rankings. And I'll I will let Stephen talk about Quay Walker if he wants to, but more importantly, talk about Devin Lloyd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys, man. I appreciate you supporting my uh, my affinity <laughs> for Devin Lloyd here. So. Um, I will say at number um, just in terms of my top three. At number three, I have Chad Muma from Wyoming, nice. and then number two, I do have Ch- uh, Channing Tindall from Georgia. So uh, similar feelings about Alex and, and Quay Walker for me, and, and Channing mm-hmm. Tindall. Like I mentioned earlier, his range and athleticism and closing speed is just insane, and I do think he has the ability to you know uh, be an effective cover player, which he kind of showcased at the Senior Bowl. So uh, at number one for me, man, Devin Lloyd, my guy. I Honestly, like I never thought that I would get to a point in my life when I would watch somebody mean more to the University of Utah football team than Eric Weddle did. So I know Eric Weddle's a bit of a, (laughs) you guys kicking your legs up. I like it. All right. All right. So I got my, I got my eight minutes here to talk about Devin Lloyd. (laughs) Um, In all seriousness though, Devin Lloyd to me, it, it checks all the boxes that you could possibly want out of a modern NFL linebacker. And you know, as I was saying, Utah went through a lot of shit these last, these last two years. You know, obviously because of COVID, they had a running back, Ty Jordan, pass away at the end of 2020. Then in the middle of this past season, they had another player uh, get shot and killed as well. And Devin Lloyd was really kind of the glue that held the program together. He was the team captain. He was the leader. And if it were not for Devin Lloyd's leadership and, and just character, then Utah does not play in the Rose Bowl this past season. They do not go on this crazy run and, you know, have one of the most special seasons in program history. So, you know, I I don't know a ton about all of these other players as leaders, right? Like it's hard to really know that if you're not tuned in. But to me, Devin Lloyd as a pure leader is one of the best players in this class, you know, regardless of position. On the field, man, like this guy has progressed so much and, you know, he was a former safety, former wide receiver, and he comes to Utah as like a 210 pound lanky wide receiver safety recruit and ends up developing into one of the best linebackers in the country. So again, one of those players that is not necessarily super experienced from a mental standpoint, but man, did he work his ass off to become that kind of player. So I think from an instinct, from a recognition standpoint, he's got everything you could possibly want. He is able to affect the run as a dominant run defender, led the Pac-12 in tackles for loss over the last two years, was I think third in 2019 playing on a loaded Utah defense. So he, he checks both of those boxes. And then last year in 2020, they kind of flirted with him as a pass rusher, and let him you know go on the edge a little bit especially, you know, they would go to, you know, their dime package version and Nephi Sue would be the linebacker. They put Devin Lloyd on the line of scrimmage and be an edge rusher. They, they flirted with that in 2020. And then in 2021, you know, he would go, he would get 10 to 15 snaps consistently on the edge. And he's got, he's got a better pass rush plan than several of these edge rusher prospects that we graded and, and they do it full time. And so I think he's got the length, he's got the athleticism, he's got, I mean, he didn't test necessarily great, but I think from an instinct standpoint, you know, he's got everything that you want that can make up for it as well. And like I said, if you're looking for these linebackers who can affect the run, who can affect the pass as a pass rusher, who can cover, then Devin Lloyd checks every single box possible. So I never really bought the top 10 hype for Devin. Uh, just because you have to really be a truly perfect linebacker to be a top 10 pick these days. But I do think he should be a top 20 player. I think it's an interesting conversation if the Chargers do truly want to take the best player available. Uh, but again, from a position value standpoint, I don't really trust that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's my thing on Devin Lloyd, man. Like I think he's checks every single box that you could possibly want for a modern NFL linebacker outside of running like a four, three Micah Parsons type of athlete, but he makes up for it in every other category. So I love Devin Lloyd. Of course I'm biased, but I am always, I always try to be objective when it comes to my Utah guys. And Mm -hmm. so I don't have like a crazy high top five grade on Devin Lloyd, but I do think he is a first round player. I do think he is clearly linebacker one, but I totally get some of the concerns. Like I don't think he necessarily sheds blockers at a high level. He's one of the guys who kind of tends to get a little high in terms of tackling, but I think he's clearly linebacker one clearly a first round player.
3: Yeah, he, I have done this the last couple of position groups where I will bounce around names without going in some sort of like perceived order. So I don't go with like the top guy first. I just try to bounce around and see if I can find different guys kind of be surprised. So I got to Lloyd like fourth or fifth in this group. And man, it just it just popped differently. I think I messaged you at one point and was like, "Holy crap, how is this not the easy linebacker one in this group?" And like I, again, maybe if you want like a Leo chanel cuz he's huge and he's a crazy <laughs> run defender. Then like I guess I could see that. Like maybe a team would like chanel first, but as a prospect like Devin Lloyd, so much fun. I can't remember what the first game was. It was um I think it was Stanford inside linebacker playing all over the field, taking guys out behind line of scrimmage, down the sideline, whatever. Fantastic player. Then I turn the USC game, and he's doing like jump cross chops against the tackle. I'm like, Wait, yeah. what? The <laughs> what the hell am I watching? I just didn't expect that because they didn't even show that in, in the in the Stanford game. And I go to USC, and he's an edge rusher, and he's a good one. You know, I'm not saying that should be his full time thing by any means, but he can he can basically do everything for you, and I think he can do everything well. Um, and and I was kind of. Bummed, I guess, that he didn't run super well at the Combine. But it didn't really bug me on tape by any means. This is a guy who plays with his hair on fire all over the field. Um, I, I think pretty safe. Like I, I hate to call a linebacker safe because you never know where you go, what happens. But he just feels safe. Like He can plug and play. If a defense wants him and feels that he can fit in that defense like the Chargers, I think he could be an outstanding linebacker from day one because if he can do so much for your defense he can cover he can blitz he can rush from the edge all that sort of stuff he's a really really good player I, I might only have like 12 first round grades when all of said and done on this class and Lloyd's going to be one of them
2: yeah um Devin Lloyd was just I mean kind of heads and tails like above the class in terms of a guy who's going to be linebacker one for me um and it's just because he has the fewest question marks i think in my opinion we talk about like yeah. okay this guy's not good in pass coverage this guy could do a little bit better as a run defender uh Devin lloyd might be like edge three <laughs> in this class if he positioned himself as an edge player That's uh you know a little bit of a stretch but i appreciate maybe, it. It. <laughs> maybe it's a little bit of a stretch but you know what i'm saying like he, he's a very good edge rusher uh can do it in pass coverage too uh he can you know just kind of be all over the field in terms of where you can use him. And for me, uh, I will put, you know, Devin Lloyd at number one. And I think he he rightfully earns it. There's no, mm-hmm. Stephen's not seeing through any Utah rose colored glasses. Uh, he, he is cor- correct on Devin Lloyd being linebacker one. Yeah. I do have a quick question on Devin Lloyd actually though. How old is he? Because I Googled this for like a, a weird amount of time, probably for like 10 minutes and I couldn't find it.
1: Yeah. So he'll turn uh, 24 in the fall. Okay. Okay yeah Yeah. so he was uh he was a five-year player at utah Redshirt as a sophomore as a freshman
3: you know if the Chargers draft him it doesn't matter they're not going to resign him anyway uh for the first contract so you know i just got to get through that first one uh and we're good yeah lloyd, lloyd's awesome uh, okay so i do want to ask and, and sort of test your fandom a bit here not a trivia thing what players at 17 that are going to be there at 17 would you not take over Devin lloyd i'm talking like realistic sort of thing so like Chris Olave, like uh, Jordan Davis, um, David Ojabo to a certain extent, although that's a very different situation. Who are some guys at 17 that you wouldn't take over Devin Lloyd if you're the Chargers?
1: Yeah, so I, I tweeted my official list out the other day. I would put Chris Olave ahead of Devin Lloyd, but that would kind of be the floor for me. Like, I think, you know, there's a certain extent that you get down my list and it's like, or would I rather take a chance on David Ojabo despite his injury and his upside as a pass rusher. And I think Devin Lloyd would be right after that. So hmm. I'm definitely taking Devin Lloyd over Jordan Davis. I'm definitely taking him over Trevor Penning. I would take him over Kenyon green. I would take him over. Wow, okay. Jahan Dotson, like that crowd mm-hmm. I think is, is a fair place for him. And like, like obviously like if Devin Lloyd is drafted by the Chargers, man, I'm buying that Jersey as soon as that leaks <laughs> out. Right. Like, I would be absolutely thrilled with Devin Lloyd. And from a pure football standpoint, I do think he's a better prospect than Chris Olave. I think he's a better prospect than Zion Johnson. But mm-hmm. I think from a need and a position of value standpoint, I, I think that kind of, you know, would push him down the list.
2: Sadly, you're going to be have to buying a Devin Lloyd midnight green jersey when he gets drafted. By <laughs>
1: <laughs> now they have Kaiser, man. They don't need linebackers. Yeah. Alden Lozano asking uh, about Utah questions, man. So, yeah, they've had three truly dominant players on defense, and Devin is one of them. Eric Weddle's the other, and then Star Low two Lele on the defensive line is really kind of that other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those are kind of the three. But Devin is Devin to me is is the best Utah football player of my life, and I don't think it's particularly close.
3: I believe you. <laughs>
2: I'm not going <gonna> <laughs> to contest that. I don't know.
3: Yeah. Who, who I, would
2: be who would be second best on that list? <laughs> Alex Smith. Alex, Alex Smith would yeah. have to be Yeah. Alex Smith is yeah. there.
1: Yeah. And yeah. then Weddle. Weddle would probably be third. And then fourth would probably be maybe Tyler Huntley. Honestly. I like so. that. Again, like I, I mean, people are going to listen to this and be like, "Oh, of course the Utah guy has Devin Lloyd," and it's like. I'm I'm able to be, you know, subjective when it comes to my yeah, guys yeah. and, you know, and the NFL. Like I didn't have tj pledger in my top 10 as a running back like I, <laughs> yeah St- brain, didn't, didn't make my top
3: 10 yeah you didn't put a say. rutgers running back in your top 10 <laughs>
2: <laughs> no but, but pacheco deserves it but anyway no i no i think it'd be funny if Stephen put Covey as like his number one receiver or something but i <laughs> but no i i think that you know he, he doesn't view it through rose-colored glasses and i think that the fact yeah. that the consensus agrees with him is is, is, is telling
3: yeah, I mean it's yeah. Steven's grade for for Lloyd is 0.01 away from my grade for him. So I mean, <laughs> and I'm not a I'm a USC fan, really. So it should be lower for me. So that's objectively, Stephen did a very good job. Uh I, th- I honestly thought Steven would have a higher grade on him. I'll be completely yeah. honest, but
2: um that's because Steven's very objective. So am I'm, I'm proud of you for that. I, I, just, I was just laughing at how Stephen went on for like three minutes about Devin Lloyd off the field and then went <laughs> to now Devin Lloyd on the field. I, just, I, I, I love it.
1: Yeah, man. So Devin is my guy. I, I can't wait to see where he ends up again. I never really bought the top 10 hype that was happening like early in January. Just mm. like the top 10 is always quarterbacks, offensive tackles, edge rushers, corners, yeah. receivers. And so. I'm really curious to see where he ends up and he could certainly be a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, I'm really hoping anywhere except for Las Vegas. I'm not really picky about that, but uh, yeah, I think if he were like, a, I think he, he, to me, he seems like a perfect Patriots player, but mm-hmm. I know that
2: they need a bunch of other things. So I'm, I'm really curious to see where he ends up. Here's a, here's another test of your fandom. If Devin Lloyd were to be on the Broncos or chiefs, let's take the Raiders out of it. Would you buy his Jersey? no <laughs> okay okay yeah he, he's Have dead to passed us test. i can't yeah. pass the test i
1: i can't buy a chiefs or a broncos jersey man i just uh i, I couldn't do that I, i'd buy maybe maybe a t-shirt maybe a t-shirt but, uh, <laughs> not a
3: jersey. so zayvon collins last year they the cardinals took him but kind of made him an edge rusher didn't they am i mistaken and Jamin davis is really the first inside off ball linebacker I don't think they really
1: played Zaven a whole lot. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's kind of their thing. Like they did the same thing being with Isaiah bad. Simmons. Yeah. Sweet. Um, being bad. Yeah, honestly. So I think Zaven was kind of a hybrid at mm-hmm. Tulsa. Yeah. But yeah, Jamin Davis was really like the true first off the ball linebacker. Because Parsons was kind of a hybrid too.
3: Man, Jamin Davis went 19.
1: Like Lloyd yeah. is better than Jamin Davis. Yeah, for sure. Huh. And I think I think if Parsons had played, like he would have played his, you know, uh, would have been his junior season. Mm-hmm. Didn't have the off the field things that I was, you know, I didn't grade him because of those things. Um, but I think from a pure prospect standpoint, like I think Parsons would absolutely be better than him. Um, and, but then you have, I think Lloyd is better than Collins. and mean, then he's mm-hmm. better than Jamin Davis. Yeah, I think he'd be LB1 for me, too. Uh, so he his birthday is in September, so I don't really know a whole lot about horoscopes, but I know Devin Lloyd's birthday is in September. Did
3: anyone go to his birthday?
2: <laughs> uh, I just looked up what the one for September is. Apparently, it's Virgo, so he has big Virgo energy. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Women know more about that than me. Yeah. <laughs> well, know. we just lost our fan base. takes a lot. <laughs> uh,
1: Virgo. <laughs> Steven, when yeah. were you born? january 5th so i
2: think i'm a mm-hmm.
1: uh capricorn
2: yeah yeah no yeah you're a capricorn i'm a i'm the fish one i don't remember what that one's <laughs> called pisces there it is yeah <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't buy
1: and i don't I don't buy and believe in horoscope science
3: <laughs> okay no. so virgo and capricorn are a sweetly matched pair that can become um, wholly devoted to one another
2: that's even a Devin lloyd baby <laughs> Amazing.
1: amazing that is accurate man that is accurate um no but uh Lloyd should be the Chargers edge three honestly he would be he would be yeah he would, he would be, be though. Yeah.
3: like and th- maybe there's some well wait hold on maybe there's something to that like wait a minute what if they take him and Murray's your dime linebacker and Lloyd's your edge three
2: I, I like the idea of this comment, Virgo energy. I thought the stream was about linebackers. It was about linebackers, and we do, we've now just gone we're, off now the we're at the end of the show when we're talking <laughs> about horoscopes, apparently. <laughs>
3: no one knows
1: anymore at this point, so Oh, <laughs> uh, Brett's girlfriend agrees about the uh Virgo energy, I guess. So, so cool. James <laughs> C says he'd rather be a killer whale. What is what is that it's, about?
2: Is that one of them? Is no, kill a, a kill a Whale is not a sign.
1: Virgo, Pisces, Kill a Whale. I thought the Whale might have been one of the signs.
2: But I knew Kill a Whale. Kill a Whale was one of the signs. Oh <laughs> my
1: goodness. No, but I... We'll kind of wrap it up here, I guess. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts, you guys, before we head out?
3: Um. No, other than people in the chat, I see your comments about other linebackers. We probably just didn't get to them, man. We got to like 15 of these guys. Yeah. Sorry we didn't get to the day three round seven guy that you really like because you grew up there. But we're trying, man. We're really trying.
2: Yeah, I will say my biggest blind spot is that I haven't watched uh, Chad Muma yet, uh, so that's a guy that I've wanted to oh, get totally to. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, he wasn't in my top 10, not because he wasn't good, but because I haven't watched him yet, so that's someone I'll have to go back and watch and, you know, readjust the rankings, you know, maybe as we get closer to the draft. Mm. Um, but no, I, I, I'm i excited for the Chargers to take none of these guys because they won't <laughs> yeah. take a linebacker because they're excited about Amen Ogbong Bumiga's 33.1 PFF score. Oh, geez, what was low? what was
3: Kenneth Murray's?
2: Thirty four. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry Spidge. for the hard dose of reality
1: today. <laughs> Man, a smidge better than an undrafted free agent rookie. My gosh, that's bad. All right, so yeah, I, I do like Chad Muma a lot. We didn't really get to talk about him. We'll do a, a different kind of video on him, but mm-hmm. you know, Chad Muma is somebody that I think is going to be a, a really solid NFL player um there are other linebackers that i didn't really get to or, or you know really was a big fan of like i i watched brian asamoah from Al- from oklahoma just was not really into that jojo doman i think is really interesting as a coverage guy but i mean mm-hmm. he's gonna be 25 as a rookie so that's fun <laughs> and then i didn't get to like yeah. malcolm rodriguez malcolm rodriguez is listed at like 230 so and he's like sixth round on pff and tdn so I didn't get to that portion of the linebackers yet. And if I had the time like I did last year, I probably would have. But uh, this year, I do not have that time.
3: Yeah, Brian Asamoah, Uh I watched him get blocked 30 yards downfield against Baylor. And I'm like, no, yes, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like what a great interior offensive line rep. Um, yeah, he, he was getting pushed around in that game. So people have him as like a top five linebacker. And I'm like, OK, well, he's he's over there still. He, he's, he's still <laughs> over there on their field.
2: Yeah, I have him on the. <laughs> i had him at nine i think i had him at uh no. i had him at eight uh but i have him on the back end of my top 10 i, I can't mm-hmm. imagine putting him top five just because of the physical limitations um that too yeah. yeah yeah he will be getting pushed down the list
1: once you watch chad muma i'm pretty confident in that yeah yeah i think that's fair <laughs> but it's all good so um that's gonna do it for us today guys we'll be back on wednesday to do Um, one of our other position breakdowns, I think we're moving to tight ends next. So, um, potentially a need, you know, maybe depending on how they feel about Donald Parham. So, uh, we'll get into that. And then, you know, if the Chargers do make any more moves in free agency, uh, which I I know you guys covered yesterday in the Q and a, I don't really foresee anything big, obviously, but, uh, if anything else does happen, we will have you covered. So we're less than four weeks away from the draft, man. Everything, every episode gets us closer and closer uh, exciting times ahead, of course. So that's going to do it for us today. If you're listening to the audio version, as always, please leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate all that positive feedback. And then if you're watching this right now, please, uh, go like the video, subscribe to the channel and, uh, just cross a million views. So I know you guys kind of celebrated that, uh, yesterday on the Q and a, but that's obviously something that is, uh, really exciting. So that's going to do it for us today. Like I said, we'll see you guys on Wednesday as always bolt up.